Hello, my name is Ben Buddy Slack, and I'm the founder of the Swanson Project. Swanson Project is a charity that gives people facing under their lives the opportunity to write and record their own original songs. I've been doing a series of interviews with songwriters where I've been asking them for one of their songs, to tell us a little bit about how they wrote that, uh, then for a songwriting tip, and then for a song that means something to them relating to bereavement in some way. This episode features Daniel Walters, and I hope you enjoy it. Okay, today I'm here with Daniel Walters from Here's the Steeple. Thanks for joining me, Dan. Thanks for having me. Are you okay with Dan or Daniel? Do you have a, a preference? I, I get everything. I don't yeah. <laughs> Some people are really particular, aren't they, about particular yeah. pronunciation of the name. But um, So yeah, thanks for joining us, Dan. Uh, for, if anyone's seen these before, uh, we're doing three sections. We are, first, we're going to have one of, one of my guest's songs. I'm going to talk a little bit about how they wrote that. Section two, I'm going to ask and share with us a songwriting tip that might be useful for new aspiring songwriters. And then section three, we're going to talk about a song that's meaningful to, to Dan relating to bereavement in some way. So I'll pass you over now and you can introduce, uh, introduce your song for us, please. Uh, cool, thank you. So the song I've performed for today is called Father's Son. Uh, and it's, I wrote this when the first of my friends from secondary school and sixth form and all that lot uh, found out that he was going to be a dad for the first time. Uh, and I used that as a, an opportunity to kind of explore a few things and to explore like I, I think a lot of men have somewhat strained relationships with their dads like especially younger people such as like such as us really like anyone under kind of like 40 really where you get <laughs> you kind of encouraged to be a little bit more in touch with your emotions and then you've got the slightly older generation who are still a little bit stiff upper lip and uh, and it's about kind of learning to deal with that relationship as it changes from like a child and adult to two adults uh, but there's still a very unique kind of power dynamic going on there I swear by the name that we share, by the blood we bleed. But when you're older and wiser and bolder, you will come to know. We are all just as small as each other, though we try to but the proudest medals I have earned Come from battles that I haven't won And the hardest lesson I have learned Is how to be my father's son The hardest lesson I have learned Is how to be my father's son
I will carry your pain as my own I will bear your scars And I'll survive on your triumph and joy And treasure all you are You will see that for all I believe That I will pass this test there are powers much greater than men, though we try our best. But the proudest medals I have earned come from battles that I haven't won. And the hardest lesson I have learned is how to be my father's son. The hardest lesson I have learned is how to be my father's son Well it's all the men of stone Solid and unmoving But even stone wears down with time There is no weakness in a growing Changing mind For the proudest medals I have earned Come from battles that I haven't won And the hardest lesson I have learned Is how to be my father's son The proudest medals I have earned Come from battles that I haven't won And the hardest lesson I have learned Is how to be my father's son okay great stuff so that was father's son by here's the steeple dan walters um so yeah so that's yeah for interesting themes it makes me think um so i'm a massive springsteen fan and springsteen's written Quite a lot of songs about his relationship with his father it is kind of a common um common thing so can you tell us a bit more about, about writing it so you inspired after one of your friends first became a father yeah uh, when it when it first happened when he first told all of us um it was it was a big group of kind of girls and boys in secondary school and sixth form and then as we kind of like moved over went away to uni a lot of the boys came back and a lot of the girls stayed away and so we only really see them once or twice a year but the boys were all quite close uh, and so he told us uh, he was going to be a dad and we all freaked out <laughs> and all obviously assumed that it was going to be a boy they had a they had a beautiful beautiful girl she's absolutely incredible um but we were all convinced it was going to be a boy just because we were all boys ourselves um and it was just a way to kind of like try and deal with the fact that i am very aware that i am in no way prepared to raise a child <laughs> but i am at that age where my parents and my friend's parents had us <laughs> kind of coming to terms with the idea that i know i'm not perfect now but children tend to view their parents as perfect and then as you grow older you start to realize that they're maybe not yeah yeah it's some interesting themes again again you know um yeah i'm not not a parent myself uh, as yet um and yesterday I was talking to Rick Neal and he actually wrote an album of songs called Lullabies for Parents. And one of the, th one of the things he was talking about with that was, you know, 
feeling like there should be more <laughs> things like that kind of guidance songs, I guess. Well, not guidance, I guess, but yeah, supportive songs for parents dealing with these things. Um, I was like, sorry. Like, sorry. <laughs> it's just like things like the, the dad in particular, it's meant to be such like a strong kind of role. And it's a big thing in media. Like it has been for a while that kind of like that idea of male masculine strength isn't necessarily helpful to a lot of men. So was that one of the things that you were thinking about when you were writing it? I think definitely, yeah. 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 I was interested in what you said before as well about the the changing relationship between father and the son. Where, oh, I guess with, pet, with parents on either side of, um, yeah, from being both adults. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that kind of shifting ground there is always, always sounds like an interesting area to explore. Yeah, it's um, it's a strange one because my my mom is still very much of the opinion that like we are still her children and we're <laughs> basically still children. Uh, but obviously, because uh, I have a younger sister, we very much don't see ourselves as children anymore because we're both in our like mid to late twenties. Uh, um, so you've got to kind of learn how to how to talk to people in a different way and. Yeah, just just navigate, just try to re-navigate those waters. Mm-hmm. And what was the process like writing that song? So you had these were some of the themes, I guess, you were playing with. Then, like, did you have a clear? Um, and do you have a usual process that you use? Did you write some lyrics first? Did you have a musical idea? Or? Oh, my usual process is come up with a tiny little scrap of music and then spend a year and a half trying to turn it into something. <laughs> um, and I wish I had a, a more productive process to it. Th- that one was one of the lucky ones. I, I struggle with lyrics more than I do with music. Um, and that one was very lucky because the, the lines of the chorus, uh, the proudest lessons I have, uh, the proudest medals I have won uh, are I can't even remember the lyrics to my own song now. <laughs> the proudest medals I have earned come from battles that I haven't won. And the hardest lesson I have learned is how to be my father's son. That just kind of came to me out of nowhere. I don't know why. And I'm very happy that it did. Yeah. Um, but, but then it was the... So there was the inspiration. But then like there was the craft of trying to come up with the other parts of the song. And molding them around that kind of quite specific chorus like it's got a very it's got a very specific tone and theme uh, and you've got to try and match that in the verses and and any every other thing so and you say that one came quite quickly but you usually quite a lot slower in terms of your your process yeah. is that i think because i knew that one was on a time, <laughs> time <laughs> <limit>. <laughs> um I'd, and i didn't have much else to do at that point i was working and kind of going out and seeing my friends on the weekend and not much else uh, i was I had the time to just sit down and think, right, I'm going to bash out a verse here and then the next day I'll bash out a verse two and the next day I'll bash out a bridge and then it'll be finished. Nice. Yeah, it's... Um, I, I, so you say usually quite a lot... You say you often take quite a long time with, with things. Yeah, I think it's it's the thing of struggling to know what I actually want to say. Mm. And... I'm trying to come to terms with the idea that you don't have to necessarily say everything like huge and profound with every song. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, so it's, yeah, it's if if I can if if I can start with a fragment of lyrics, 
it's a lot easier to develop those lyrics. But if I start with music and then I have to find lyrics to go with it, that's a lot harder, I find. Mm. And I've tried every manner of thing to make it work. One song on the album that I released last year, uh, I ended up... I'd, we were in the middle of recording and I hadn't finished the, the lyrics to it. I had the whole music, I had the structure of the song. I knew exactly what I wanted and where. I just didn't have any lyrics. Uh, and I ended up opening a spreadsheet and writing out the vowel sounds that I wanted at specific parts of the of the song yes. and then like cobbling it around that and thankfully that worked. Nice. Yeah, sounds like a good way of going about it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm the same too. I'm really interested in the separation between like inspiration and craftsmanship yeah. in songwriting. So, like what you said at one point there, um, something happens to me a lot as well. I get a bit of inspiration. I like so I get like a few lines. That's really good. That's that's going to be a chorus for a song. But then it's putting in the the graph to then like you know to, to write the rest of it. You know, sometimes you'll get one where the whole thing just comes out in inspiration. It's like, oh great, there we go, song. Yes. But other times it's like this initial part, you get really excited about it, and then it's like, oh geez, now I've got to write something else. What leads into this, and <laughs> yeah. and that's no, when I'm the hard work comes in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And sometimes they do take uh, can take a long time. I remember there's um, so I feel about Leonard Cohen. Apparently, would take you know, years and years writing his songs. He'd write like sixty verses per song, and then throw away the majority of them, which is just like crazy. But then I was thinking, I was thinking with that, and like, presumably he's not right, working on it for years and years every day. Presumably he's got yeah, ideas and yeah. bits of songs he'll come back to. And I had one which ended up on um, the album, the Shallow Roots album, me and Siobhan did a few years ago, which and it's a chorus like that where I had, I had this chorus and I, like, I loved it. And I, I wrote it must, maybe 10 or different, 10 different times. I wrote different songs for it and none of them worked. And then eventually in that, and that, that was probably eight years or so I had that chorus trying in different ways until eventually we found a way that worked for it. Mm. And it's, yeah, it's a tough game, isn't it? <laughs> Keeping that patience. It's interesting at the minute because I'm listening to a lot of artists that are quite sparing with the lyrics, mm. uh, like deliberately. So artists like Rosie Plain, I really love. And this is the kit, uh, two in particular. They're like, Rosie Plain, sometimes there'll be four lines of lyrics for a whole song. Yeah. And I'm just like, it, and it works as a song, but I, I think that takes a lot of courage definitely yeah like i certainly courage that i don't have yeah and a lot of um craft to get you know like it's been very economical with your words isn't it of like because a lot of time you get a song like that where it's only a few lyrics but it says so much in such a short yeah. space of time which yeah is something i yeah uh, we like to work on myself mm. yeah well, that's been great dan uh, so let's move into section two shall we so this is where i ask my guests to share with us a songwriting tip that might be useful for new songwriters so um what would your what your tip be for us now uh, so I, I don't think I'm going to say anything that hasn't been said <laughs> before. That's all right. um, I, I am, and I'm, I'm not necessarily the best one for following this advice, uh, but it, the idea of like self-editing. And I think a good, a really good thing to do is to give yourself a space where there is no judgment whatsoever. So like sit down to write a song that no one will ever hear. And you know no one will ever hear you commit to yourself that you're never going to play it live. Um, or never even going to show like a recording of it to anyone. And then that can free you up to, to be rubbish. Because you've got, to, you've got to be bad at something before you can be good. It's, just, it's like everything. Like Rob Crisp said in, I think it was like the first one, you've just got to do it. Mm. But that isn't necessarily the most helpful thing. Like, 
there are ways that you could that you have to go about doing it. And I think one of them is creating a space that's completely free of judgment uh, and use that to kind of experiment. So one of the things that I do is I've got like the penguin book of cliches. I should have put it within reaching distance. Um, uh, it's uh, the penguin dictionary of cliches. And like uh, I go to a ra- random number generator and get a page number and an entry number. And then I try and write a song about that. And I've written a, f- a few of those now. But again, I think only one of them has ever actually seen the light of day because mm. I'd committed to myself that I wasn't going to play it to anyone. And then I did play it in front of a friend and they were like, you know what, that's actually pretty good. And now that's that's going to be coming out on my band's next EP. So. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, that's really good advice. And um, what's the new EP called? And when's it coming out? Um, I think it's going to be called Higher Hopes. We are we were kind of like in the middle of the production thing when the pandemic. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we'll see when it comes out. <laughs> okay, so it's on hold for the minute. <laughs> yeah, but it, um, it will be coming. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I think that's really good advice. I think again, it's it's something which is is kind of easier said than done a lot of time. I do, I do the same thing where like I'll just you know, write something. What don't think about anyone ever hearing it or ever being recorded. Just write it for the sake of writing it, and then it's very easy to. Um, forget that and start being a bit more precious about it. There was something I can't remember where I heard it, but I practice what I like of writing something with the intention that you should throw it away afterwards. So like, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. going to write write a page of, of lyrics or whatever, and then I'm going to throw it away. And just kind of knowing that that like that's what you're going to do with it. So then it doesn't it really doesn't matter. There's not even any kind of fear someone might find it and be like, what the hell yeah. is this? <laughs> <laughs> so again, it's another way. Like I heard that. I was like, yeah, I'm going to start doing that. I think I've done it once or twice, mm. but um, yeah, not doing it. On, on the regular basis it's definitely true though like when i have been happiest with what i've been writing it's been because i've been writing stuff that i've thrown away so i've I've just been churning out stuff like i think when i wrote father's son uh i was writing like a cliche song a day not like 10 a day like rob crisp suggested but i was i was writing at least one thing a day and timing it as well so like it that's another way to take pressure off i know it sounds like that's putting pressure on yeah like if you know you've only got half an hour to write something you know it doesn't have to be a masterpiece yeah yeah that's, that's a good one as well uh, good way of getting some work done yeah great stuff um yeah really good tips they're really useful so let's move into section three now so where i ask my guest to choose choose a song that's meaningful to them in some way relating to bereavement uh, and what i do here is i put the link in the description so if you're watching this video uh, if it's not, not a song you're familiar with, I'm going to ask Sam to introduce it in a moment. Then you can pause this, go to YouTube, listen to that song, and come back. We'll have a chat about it. So um, what song would you choose for us now? Uh, so I have chosen Casimir Pulaski Day by Sufjan Stevens from the album Illinois. Great stuff. So you want to go listen to that? Uh, come back, we'll have a chat about it. So, uh, yeah, it's a very, very uh, interesting song. It's not one I've heard before um, until you sent it over to me earlier on. And, yeah, it's uh, it's powerful. Uh, yeah, it's. I, I mean, Sufjan Stevens is hands down one of my favorite artists, and Illinois is probably my favorite album. Uh, like, it was one of those things. I, I discovered it when I was. I, I used to play a lot of covers, and I wanted to write more, but I didn't know what I wanted to write. And I kind of heard Illinois at the time where I was trying to think, like, what do I want to write? What a, what kind of space do i want to occupy and this that was exactly the space that i wanted to occupy <laughs> i don't know if i do at the minute but um <laughs> he that was such a Stephen occupies it well enough as it is so. um 
And uh, a couple of years ago now, uh, a friend of mine passed away from cystic fibrosis. Um, and it's Kazimir Pulaski Day. It's, it's not like that song doesn't reflect the relationship that I had with that friend because that song is kind of a love song as well as a, as well as a grieving song. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, I didn't have that kind of relationship with my friend, but it's, it speaks about kind of young death and people dying. Be- well, yeah, people dying before their time. And there's a really interesting grain that runs through the song of like Sufjan Stevens is a religious person. I am not, but he, you know, he, in the song, he has to kind of like justify to himself that the god that he worships can let this happen like there's a really great line it's it's like sunday night at the bible study we lift our hands and pray over your body but nothing ever happens yeah which is just like even saying that now i'm getting shivers like i wish i could write a line like that um and one of the first things that i did when i found out that my friend had died was play through that song and it it really helped me to kind of just get out some emotions, which I'm not, I, I'm not particularly good at. Um, just re- yeah, just reflecting on that idea of death before your time and being a young person experiencing another young person dying as well. It's it's not something that's talked talked about a whole lot, I don't think, because obviously there's the grief of the parents, which is huge, and I'm not trying to not trying to limit that in any way whatsoever but you know everyone has so many different relationships and so many friendships and stuff like that like everyone knows someone at school who maybe passed away or had a younger brother or sister pass away or something like that and it's i feel like that kind of grief isn't something that's talked about a lot yeah and i think it's very um like it makes it it makes it more real for everyone else in that peer group, doesn't it? You know, like there's something yeah. about like obviously it's always it's always sad when you lose someone, but when someone yeah, someone you say dies at a young age, then it makes it young people often feel invincible, don't they? Like yeah. you, you don't have to think about death because it's miles away, it's never gonna happen. Mm. But then when someone your age dies, then yeah, it can be very difficult to then it just it can just really shift your perceptions, I guess, can't you? Yeah. Yeah. It it was interesting as well though. Like I mean interesting in a very kind of strange sense of the word. Uh, because because my friend had a terminal illness, she like cystic fibrosis, she would talk about the fact that her generation of people with cystic fibrosis were probably the last or one of the last generations to die from it at that age because the treatments are developing and there was kind of like there was an inherent tragedy in that. Mm. Just like the cancer of the bone that the the girl in Casimir Pulaski Day has. Yeah, yeah, that's a yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's an interesting point. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, kind of yeah, sad, yeah, tragedy to it. So yeah, I'm sorry to hear about you, uh, your friend. Uh, I'm glad the songs kind of provided some uh, some comfort during that time. It's one of the yeah, I was that's such a beautiful use of music when it can be there in those those moments for people and. And certain songs like that that can then that then stick with you, I guess. I've certainly got certain songs like that where I've lost someone. That there's been a song that I've gone to, and then that song always holds that that space for me in a way, yeah, a really nice way. 
Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, thanks for joining me, Dan. I really appreciate it. And um, I'll put you, I'll tag all your pages and stuff in the descriptions um, so people can follow you and keep track of the, the upcoming release. Oh, brilliant. Thank you. Um, yeah. And uh, thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll be back with another episode sometime soon. Cheers. Ta-ra. Thanks, Dan. Thank you.